Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Here's your horoscope. Under finances, it says, be better with money. Okay, time to bring in the experts. At Zurich Pensions, we believe small actions can have great impact. Like planning your future with our online pension calculator. Take a small action for your future today. Visit Zurich.ie or talk to a financial broker about a Zurich pension. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. This is an Irish independent podcast. The statistician tells the managers before the game. The statistician tells the man gives his stats at halftime. The statistician gives his stats at the end of the game. Yes, you can use some stats, but I mean, think about this with statistics, lads. Just think about this for a minute. According to a statistician, if you put your right foot into a bucket of boiling water and you put your left foot into a bucket of freezing water, statistically, you're comfortable. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Throw-In Independent.ie's GA podcast, live from the National Ploughing Championships. I'm Will Slattery, and I'm delighted to be joined, as always, by Michael Verney, and we have two very special guests here for you today, two GA legends, Pat Spillan and John Milan. And we're here today to look back on what was a very memorable 2022 championship summer, as well as hit on all the latest GA talking points. And speaking of talking points, Pat, I might go to you first. The big news of the last few days, Kerry didn't get to enjoy that Ireland for very long. Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey returning in 2023 to Dublin. What was your initial reaction when the news broke? First of all, can I tell you, I'm not going to cry in this show today. Anyway. Right, I'm, I'm going to hold my emotions in check. Uh, uh, we're having a great time in Kerry celebrating the All-Ireland. Uh, and... Uh, it's been very good. We, five great weeks, and at a quarter past six last Sunday evening, Desi Farrell announced that Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion were coming back, and I'll tell you this, uh, it's, it's a reality check in Kerry, because Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey are two of the top, on form, they're two of the top ten footballers in Ireland, so it's going to put Dublin favourites for next year's All-Ireland, obviously. <laughs> the era, I was the era is take. in full flow already, oh, Pat. No. Is it a good thing, in a way, Pat? Any element of complacency with Kerry is out the window straight away with these two, like, two of the best footballers in the country joining a really good squad already. Look, the one thing about it, I've said this before, Kerry don't do complacency, you know. Uh, you can be, like, in Kerry, you're expected, if you're on the Kerry senior football team, you're expected to win the All-Ireland this year. Uh, actually done eight complacency last no, year no, against Tyrone. Anyway, oh, that's and Cork in 2020 as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, lads. Are they all ganging up for me? Is there any Kerry person out there in the audience that could even stand up for oh. me? Thanks very much. Oh, Jesus, at me. Look, um, won't you win an All-Ireland? don't know. By the time they've done the team holiday in the middle of December, that'll be packed, and next year is a completely... It's a new chapter. Uh, and obviously, I mean, Kerry won the All-Ireland, and if you really realistically want to look back at... Dublin, if they had Conor Callan, could have beaten us. We were poor for the first half against Galway. Galway could have beaten us. And Mayo in the third quarter had loads of chances to beat. So were we, were we brilliant in Crow Park for the three championship matches? No, we weren't. But at the end of the day, Sam Maguire is home in Kerry. And next year is an entirely different year. Hopefully we'll get one or two. You know, will Paul Ganey stay on? Will, will David Morden stay on? Will uh, Stephen O'Brien? You know. So we, we'll be there or thereabouts in here. That's the bottom line. John, in terms of 
you know, the two lads returning after an absence, you know, say for yourself, when you retired, I think you'd won four All-Stars and then are up to that point. You probably maybe could have come back, if, you know, if you had wanted to. Taking that time out of the game, how difficult will it be for the two lads to hit the ground running and be the players they were in 2019, 2020? And I suppose I was different. I was, what, 32 years of age. I suppose what the advantage uh, McCaffrey and Mannion have, I suppose age is nearly on their side. Um, well, McCaffrey and Mannion, I think, what, 29, 28 years of age. Uh, you know, sometimes taking a break away. And, like, you know, they've been playing club football, playing club football at a good level as well. Uh, you know, so I think it's going to be a massive plus for, for Dublin. So I don't see it being a problem. They're not really out of the game. I think they'll come back in refreshed. They'll come back re-energised and mad for old. And, Michael, you'd love to know the negotiations behind the scenes. Jack McCaffrey's never given any indication, really, of wanting to come back. Paul Mannion's actually gotten pretty testy when he's been asked about it at some of these club uh, press events. So I wonder what kind of negotiation Derry Farrell did. It was, it was it Kerry winning that maybe spurred them to want to get back involved? Potentially so, Will. Uh, you only have a certain amount of time that you can play inter-county football, and the two lads are probably nearing that time where that train has kind of left the tracks already. So I'd say that was part of it. They are obviously part of a hugely successful squad, the most successful squad in the history of football, and then the last two years have been barren without, you know, aside from Leinster titles. So I'd say that was partly to do with it as well. Could have been some of their teammates getting on to them. I'd say they were more important conversations. What the likes of Brian Fenton, what the likes of Brian Howard were saying to these lads. Now, the one thing I will say is, uh, on their best form, they are two of the best footballers in the country. But Jack McCaffrey's out of football three years. It's not a given that he's going to uh, just slide back in. He probably will, but it's not a given. And Paul Mannion, the same. He's out of inter-county football two years. So it might not be as easy of a road as we, as we think, but it definitely has put energy into a football championship that's, what, about 10 months away from its conclusion. I'm re-energised for it anyway, and I know Pat is as well. Yeah, Pat, if we look at the football championship as a whole, this time, traditionally, we might be previewing an All-Ireland final, you know, three or four years ago, and then it was put back into August, now into July. We, we've had two months of the, the kind of the club season at this time of year. What, what have you made of it? I, I, I think everyone knows my opinion on it. Uh, I'm completely against the split season. Uh, I think we have, we have taken our two, two best products. What are our two best products in the GA? Inter-county hurling, inter-county football, inter-county senior hurling, inter-county football. We've taken them off the shop window for nine months. Now, when you take your best product out of the shop window for nine months, you give the opposition a chance. I still think, uh, okay, maybe we're not going to go as far as the third Sunday in September to play an all in football final on the first Sunday, but at least the month of August. And people say, ah, you're talking because you used to get paid with the Sunday game and the more matches, the more you get paid. It's a load of shy. Oh, sorry, it's a, it's a load of rubbish. It, it, it's a load of rubbish. I tell you, I, I'm passionate about GA. I'm a passionate GA man. I'm a passionate club man. And I like to see the GA thriving. But I remember in school, as a school teacher, the month of September, for the first two weeks in, when the kids all came back to school, they were all had the hurlies in their hand. They were all playing hurling because they were all talking about the hurling final. There was a big build-up to the hurling final. For the next two weeks, it was the football, and they wanted to be a Kerry or a Dublin or a whatever like that. They played football. They talked about football. We've lost the month of August. We've lost the month of September. And if you want to look at some of the papers, the main national papers, right, in the last couple of days, right, Last Sunday should have been the third Sunday, September, was the third Sunday, September, should have been the all final. Right, we're playing club matches. You read the papers, you listen to the news, you watch the television. Is there a lot on club matches? No. What were the headlines in the papers for the last three weeks? The headline, or for the last week. I'll tell you what the headlines, the GA headlines were for the last week. Number one, 
there was a big thing about it was 11 years since Stephen Cluxton got that great pint against uh, Kerry. <laughs> it's 40 years since a certain Seamus Darby. Great day, great day. Uh, <laughs> push Tommy Dial in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the big headlines for the last week has been Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey. Are we talking about matches? No, we're not. So we're losing that opportunity. We need to change it around. We need to change it around. I think we're committing... Ah, uh, it's an own goal. It's part of... It's I know you're a retired teacher now as well. If you want the kids talking about, do we need to bring the kids back earlier to school? Do we need to bring them back short Jesus the holidays? Christ, uh, I mean, when, when I start, when I when, when I was teaching, you came back in September, so nowadays they're all back in August anyway. So it makes no difference. Would, would a middle ground pat be, you know, if it was finished in the middle of August and the club season is a clearer kind of a season? Uh, the two months was probably a bit long, like and the, yeah, bringing I, it back to July is probably I can too buy this, short. But lads, you watch, right? What viewing figures are watching the club hurling and club matches on TG? It's poor. I was at the Dublin. I was at two Dublin, a uh, double header in Dublin football championship two weeks ago. Or Tool Park. There was four teams playing. One was representing Whitehall, big area. The other was Lucan, big area. The third club came from T Tala, massive area. And the fourth club came from Temple Oak. The four clubs, there was 200 people at the game. Temple No have 700 people in the parish, and we had 1,000 at the match against Dingle. So there's no interest. There is interest parochially at club level. Yes, yes. But is there interest? Like, am I, do I give a Topney who wins the Leitrim Hurling Championship? Yeah, well, of course. I do. <laughs> who won it, actually? <laughs> Carrick for the 40. Again. So the point I'm trying to make is, look, it's... It, when we want role models, youngsters' role models come from inter-county players. When we want to talk about the G, while we talk a little bit about the club, we talk about the county. We want to see the more of the David Cliffords and the whatever like that, uh, Kyle Hayes. Garoud Haggerty. Garoud Haggerty. That's what we that's want, I want to see. come in on Garoud Haggerty. I'm sorry, part. and I've given a suggestion, and, and I'll end it with this, and I've said this before. In order to maximise... Why don't we have a split season between inter-county and club at both hurling and football? So, for the first six months, you have inter-county football, and for the second six months, you have inter-county hurling. For the first six months, you have club football, and for the second six months, you have club hurling. What that means is that all the year round, there's inter-county at hurling or football. Yes, there is an issue with dual players and dual clubs, but the amount of dual players at the moment are getting less and less and less. So anyway, I think we're... It's stupid anyway, playing, playing an... It's absolutely stupid playing an all Ireland final in the end of July, full stop. Just on the question of role models, you mentioned, I mentioned Garoad Hegarty, who himself has come out really in favour of the split season already, saying it really works for the players who are currently playing. So I, I take your point about the interest levels, but what about the players themselves, but involved at club level and inter-county level, if, if it works for them, if they think it's a good thing? How could it work, Sally? And I'm really fucking angry about this, because, right, you say it works for the inter-county player. David Clifford, the game's greatest footballer, what a role model, what a player. Probably the most skillful, most gifted player I've ever seen, probably, we'll debate it. But David Clifford started training with the county on the 8th of December, on the 8th of December. He operated from December to March and April with the county. Not alone that, he played Sigerson with UL, right? The minute 
the minute the county finished, the following week after winning the All-Ireland, he was playing with Fust in the Junior Championship. He didn't play the next four weeks with Fust in the Junior Championship. He's now involved with East Kerry in the, in the Senior Championship. When East Kerry win the Senior Championship, which they will by a mile, he's back to Fust in the County Junior Championship. By the way, when Fust finished the County Junior Championship, he's playing with Fust in the East Kerry Championship. And by the way, when that is over, Kerry starts training for next year on the 8th of December. Now, is that good or bad? <laughs> watch, watch also have as well, Will. But what you also have as well, Will, is that you have some lads are finishing in their county in mid in mid, mid June or the end of June. Earlier even. And then the yeah. American the American boys come calling, and the inter county players are jumping on the plane and they're going off to America. They don't give two hoots about the club. So there is a percentage of the inter county players that you know don't really kind of have any care in the world about their clubs. They'll, they'll go travelling to America in the aftermath of the inter county season. And you can't play them. Well, no, you can, no. Yeah, Michael, from the media perspective, you're obviously covering GA. Like, how have you found that, you know, to Pat's point about the interest levels, do you, do you think it is sustainable to have the inter-county out of the shop window for such a long time? Uh, it's out of the shop window for too long. Um, I'd say mid-August will be fine. Like, there is a quiet time at the moment on. There's no rugby internationals. Uh, there's obviously soccer internationals this week, but it's a, been a pretty quiet September, you'd have to say. Uh, and I think, as regards promotion of the club game, like, the GA need to be, make a big effort. Uh, media organisations need to make a big effort as well. Like, it was great to see the two games, the two Dublin games on, on TV on Saturday night, and then great to see games on TG Catter, but there needs to be more and more. There needs to be more of a buy-in. I think the players, first and foremost, uh, seem to love it, by all accounts. And one of the knock-on effects of the inter-county calendar being shorter is probably Paul Mannion and Jack McCaffrey coming back to play football, because they know that the window for inter-county is shorter. I'd be like, Pat, three or four more weeks, maybe, to the county calendar, mid-August. Mid we still have a captive audience in the middle of the summer, and uh, there's still a defined club and county season. But do, do you go the other way and you go at the end of September to the following March as your, as your, as your club your club calendar and then from March right up to September as, as, as your, your inter-county months? You're giving us the, the sloggy, wet, dirty <laughs> I suppose it goes back to, to Pat. I mean, you know, the viewing figures are with the, the inter-county season, you know. I mean, the, the, viewer, the viewership is just not there with the club level. Uh, yeah, the, my, the viewership might be there, but 2% of GA players are county players. Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and if we want to promote GA, if we want to put money into the clubs, if we want to put money into coaches, where does the money come from? The money comes from the inter-county game because the inter-county game is the, is, is the money generator and the inter-county game is where we get the money and we send it down to the clubs to develop their infrastructure, we send it down to the counties to get coaches. So without a successful and a, and a big inter-county season, we're cutting off our nose to spite our face. It's ridiculous. We could probably fill a whole show with this topic, but uh, I know people want to hear some, some other topics too. John, you know, was it a good year for hurling overall? Like Limerick, once again, All-Ireland champions, you know, a very exciting victory over Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final. Where do you think hurling's at now at the end of the 2022 inter-county season? Yeah, I think, I think hurling is in, in, is in a reasonably good, good, good spot. Uh, look, unfortunately, we have an exceptional team there at the moment, probably at the same calibre of the Kilkenny team of the, the, the mid-naughties, but... There were some exceptional games. I thought the Munster final was, was very good. Uh, Semi-final of Galway Limerick was a cracker. And, you know, we finished off with, a, with an unbelievable All-Ireland final. Um, you know, where it's at at the moment, I suppose it's, it's Limerick are really setting the bar really, really high. I suppose it's up to all the other counties to try and reach that bar, you know, and, and try and take them down. Pat, are you much of a hurling fan? 
I do, but you know, I, I, I do, and I love hurling. I, I just feel that, 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 I just feel that it's starting to go the way of Gaelic football and that too much of Gaelic football tactics, for want of a better word, have infiltrated the game of hurling. Uh, and I, I, I talk in particular, okay, the physicality and the physique of the players is amazing, right? That's good. But this emphasis on the possession. Uh, and I, I, I mean, like, I go back to, and it's a very simplistic thing, football and hurling. Hurling is a game played with a stick. The main way of propelling the ball from one end of the field to the other should be by stick. The ball travels much farther when it's hit with the stick. Hurling is a game played by a stick. It has now been replaced by a game played where fellas basically throw it most of the time to the fellas standing alongside. I, I see that as a problem. I go back to Gaelic football and, and the name should nearly ring a bell. Football. Football. It's a game where the ball is propelled with your foot. Unfortunately, if you go to a club match or most county matches nowadays, it's back to the hurling mantra because it's all about possession is king. Possession is king. If you can't go forward, go sideways. If you can't go sideways, you go back. And you go, then the guys that drive all this are the statisticians. The statisticians. Because everything is driven by the statistician. The statistician tells the manager before the game. The statistician tells the ma gives his stats at halftime. The statistician gives his stats at the end of the game. Do you know, can I... I, I yes, you can use some stats, but I mean, think about this with statistics, lads. Just think about this for a minute. According to a statistician, if you put your right foot into a bucket of boiling water and you put your left foot into a bucket of freezing water, statistically, you're comfortable. <laughs> but, right, so what, what are the two... What are the two things that drive? The statistician has two. There's two big things they want. The big thing they want is possession and turnovers. And as long as you're not turning over the ball, oh, everyone is happy. We haven't turned over the ball. 76% of possession, uh, we only turned over the ball once. But, but, but you're losing by eight points. Ah, no, 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 that's not the point. Turnovers. Oh, Jesus. So hurling, I love hurling. But it's not, not the way it's played a lot of times. I just, and anyway, in fairness to the referees in hurling, I love the referees in hurling because, uh, I mean, if, if ever there was an a la carte application to rules, these boys applied because it's only one, it's about one foul and seven fouls are blown. That's, so we're all happy. And the poor, the, I mean, what was the that game this year? What was that game this year? John Keenan refereed. And, was, finally, and, and basically, John Keenan just decided he's not going to blow the whistle at all. We had a cracking game. And he didn't get a game. And he, he didn't get a game. <laughs> He got, a he got no games. Jesus. Beggar's belief. And what makes me laugh then, I suppose, the league, the league rules. I mean, you know, everyone homes in on the, the league rules. And then they go out the window, come, come, come the first week in June, you know. I remember, you know, like, when, when, like look, I, I can't complain. The hand-passing scores were allowed when I was playing, if anyone can remember those. I mean, it was a no-brainer. You just 
threw the ball into the net, he <laughs> flicked it in. And, and like, it was so easy. There was no skill required at all. But I remember they decided, you know, they decided to clamp down because there's no doubt about it. Like the hurling boys, we were throwing everything because there was no, you were supposed to have a striking action. And then the all Ireland final came up. I don't know who was, who was it against, but Paddy Collins from Westmeath was the referee. And in fairness, he was the best Gaelic football referee at the time. And Mika, being cute Mika, uh, there was a big furore to say, there's going to be a clamp down, there's going to be no more throw balls. It's going to have striking action, the whole shebang. And Mika fucking struck on a brainwave. He said, do you know what we'll do? He says, we'll invite Collins down to show us how to do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I can still picture, we're, we're all gathered in a big circle <laughs> in the Fitzgerald Stadium and, Paddy, now show us, can you do it like this, Paddy? No, Mick, <laughs> yeah, oh, again, show again, Paddy, uh, yeah, striking action, and then, of course, we all do, uh, Pad, right, Paddy, fine, bomber, perfect, and we go around, <laughs> and I think we even did it a second time just to convince Paddy we were, and, and, and yeah, thanks very much, Paddy, for showing us exactly what's required. <laughs> and, and a big round of applause for Paddy Collins. Jeez, we gave a roaring round of applause. <laughs> and, and Paddy's a lovely man, great referee. And I remember when he left and I said, we can do anything next Sunday, he says. <laughs> <laughs> because, he said, because he says, if he pulls it up, he says, it means he, he's at fault. He says he didn't show us properly. <laughs> the secret to your success. Michael, what do you make of Pat's point about hurling tactics? Obviously, like someone like Paul Canerk with a tactics sport out during a water break is certainly a new departure from what we might have seen in the past. Do you think, has it become too tactics heavy? Uh, no, he has a point, definitely. And we're probably usually a bit behind the football curve and we only start moving towards football trends. If you look at the great Kilkenny team, one of the main drivers of that was Mick Dempsey, a man from Leash who brought in a lot of football tactics. He had deep lying half hours that we never would have seen before. You definitely have it now. Possession is premium now. Um, I'd see it even at club level if you hit away a ball you're nearly, you're nearly called ashore straight away um, the, the ball is a bit of an issue as well um, I don't know if anybody saw in the Tip Club Championship a couple of weeks ago where the goalkeeper put it over from about the 21 I know there was a bit of a breeze behind him but it's definitely travelling a bit too far you used to have a big owl, heavy owl slog of a ball if you could put it over from 65 yards it was an achievement but it is it flies through the air now it travels so far now and they're so athletic and so strong and so uh, talented now that they can put the ball over from crazy distances. Yeah, 100%, I suppose, you know, it, it, the ball is, a, is an issue and I suppose it definitely has to be looked at going forward. I suppose you touched on it there. I mean, there's lads popping balls over nearly within their own full backline and their own D. That shouldn't happen within the game, you know. Just uh, what I will say as well, I know we're saying some negative stuff about Hurling. I absolutely love Hurling. I thought it was a great season this year. If you go through Limerick's games... Uh, the two games against Clare, absolute belters of games, the All-Ireland semi-final against Galway, and we had a brilliant All-Ireland final. It's just, it's, the game has changed, it's probably a lot more high score now, probably have to hit 26, 27 scores to win a big game, but we had some belters of games this year, and the Munster final is one of the best games we've ever and seen. And to be fair to Limerick, like, every day they go out, they've had the kitchen, kitchen sink thrown at them, and you know, nobody can come with the answers. And one thing I would say, for, you know, for some of the Munster teams, like, you look at Kilkenny, Right, they threw the kitchen sink at Limerick. If Kilkenny were in Munster, could you imagine Kilkenny seven days later having to go out and face possibly a Clare or a Waterford or a, or, or a Cork and recover in time to go and face one of those counties? And that's what some of the Munster counties faced into this year when they played Limerick. It took them a while to, to get over and reco recover in the aftermath. And unfortunately, Clare didn't recover in the aftermath of that Munster final and they paid the price for it. Speaking of Waterford, John, I think everyone's very interested to see how Davy Fitz is going to get on this year with his return. 
what, what were your thoughts when he was reappointed? I genuinely thought, look, look, Davy, Davy is what he is. You either love him or loathe him. Uh, do, I you, do you love him or loathe him? No, but I, I, I think he, look, I, I like him. I think he's a very, very good, good manager. You know, his track record speaks for itself. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. I think, you know, he was in Wexford for five years. He was in Clare for five years. Year four, year five, doesn't do. But one thing about Dave is Gerald, he comes in year one, year two, year three. He gets results. He gets a kick out of a team. And I think there's still a kick left in this Waterford team. I think there's maybe a two or three year, you know, lifespan left in this team. And no better man than Dave Fitzgerald to try and come in and get the kick, uh, kick out of this team that that's requ required. What are people in Waterford saying about it? Has it been a positive move overall? For, is that what people think? Yeah, it's, it's been relatively mixed. Um, you know, some people are, are delighted with the appointment. Others are, you know, saying, you know, it's, it's a bad move. Why, why are we going back the way? Um, but look, I think, you know, he's in there now. I think he's been a, the majority of all, all the club games. Uh, the players seem to be excited, excited by it. Uh, and what I would say, I've, I've said it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, we've got to push that to the side and, and, and row behind the man. And hopefully he'll, he'll get the results that, that are required. But I think the big thing for Davey next year, even myself, we got probably carried away last year, probably thought they were going to push on and, and win the All-Ireland, compete for an All-Ireland, after the league success, but I think the biggest thing for Waterford, I think uh, to mind the league next year, I think the biggest focus for Waterford is trying to get out of the get out of the monster round robin. It'll be entertaining anyway. That's one thing. That's one thing for guaranteed anyway. For sure, he's one of the game's great characters. Pat, I'd be interested to put something to you that Philly McMahon wrote about a, a while ago, and it was about hurling punditry versus football punditry, and he was saying how. When he watches the hurling game, the pundits are so positive and enthusiastic and extolling the virtues of the game. And he said when he watches a football game, he feels like the football analysts come at it from a more negative slant or you know, maybe are a bit more critical than their hurling counterparts. You obviously work, worked in the Sunday game for many years. What, what's your view on that? <laughs> <laughs> I, geez, and I, said this, I, I think I said this on, 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 I was on TV3 last week or the late, late the week before. I mean... I lasted 30 years in the Sunday game. And, and you know, if, in any job, you don't last 30 years if you're spoofing or bluffing. You last 30 years if you're consistent and if you can back up. And like I said, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, the fucking chances are it is a duck, <laughs> right? If it's a, bad, if it's a bad game, it's a fucking bad game. If he has a bad, if a player has had a bad game, well, he's had a bad game. If he struck a fellow false belt, well, he's done a false belt. I call something as I see it. I did that all my life. For 30 years, I called something exactly as I saw it. And I saw a lot of bad football matches. And there's no point in fucking, you can, you can put a, it's, there's no point in putting lipstick on a pig and pretending the pig now looks beautiful. There's no point in fucking dressing up a bad game of Gaelic fo football if it's a bad game of Gaelic football. And being honest, I'll tell you this, being honest at the end of the day, and that's why I lasted so long, because I was being honest and I called something to see it. I find that hurling, hurling is a, like, hurling is a smaller parish. The hurling boys all know each other. They're very close to one another. And, 
And yes, a bit more different than horse racing. Uh, I always look at the horse racing, and the horse racing boys are just cheerleaders for their sport. And fair play to them. But you're not expected to be a cheerleader. You're not, I don't want somebody to tell me that hurling is the greatest field game in the world. I know it is. I don't want to be told it is a great game. I want to be told, honestly, was this a good game? Was that a bad game? Whatever like that. So uh, football is honest. Uh, I, I think it's, you get more honest saying, look, I've survived for 30 years in it, and I got out alive. <laughs> just about. <laughs> So, I, I, would I go, Philly? A load of rubbish. <laughs> well, we could go on all day with the three lads, but unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Thanks so much for everyone who joined us today, and a big thank you to Pat Spillane, John Milan, and Michael Verney. This is an Irish independent podcast.